This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Heart of glass breaking me Ancestor awaken me I don't see you taking me Finish line don't wait for me You should smile, joy is free I see the door, I own the key Open to the promised land, you promised man I understand So why don't God just hold my hand I know you feel I'm in my glands You call me universe, I am The creator has a master plan Next to the bone like it's the red wedding The creme is thinner than the ice we're just getting on Way more corporate than radios that they playing on Way beyond sellout You fell out with your lady, huh? She wetter than the force I'm trying to tap it like Savion Then I'm just end up the FDR The world is spinning too fast, they need to let me off The end is near and the curtain is coming down too Catch me if you can while I'm running circles around you
Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. And you are in the studio with Piper Carter on Detroit is Different and our token millennial. What's up, Brittany? Piper <laughs> Carter, what's up? Hey. So guess what? Okay, so uh, by popular demand, so many people have been asking for this guest. I wish I had a drum roll. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Okay, maybe we need to Who do has something. been asking for this guest? This so is, many people. Stop so it. So many Lies. people. So many people. And really? I, they've been asking Brittany oh and my God. they've been asking and she's me. a millennial, so she's like telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, so who, my friend, she's talking about, shout out to Jaleesa. Like, Jaleesa. she's from Grand Rapids. Okay. And so um, we went to college together, blah, 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 blah. And so one day I was at her house and didn't mention you, didn't mention, she came to Piper's, one of Piper's events, and then she was like, yeah. She was like, you know who Jessica Caramore is? I was like, yeah, yeah, she's she's a poet. She was like, her book, man. I love this book. Oh, she stop. pulled it. Yeah, she Which pulled it. Which book does she have? I, I can't the words be, don't fit in my mouth. I can't tell you. The alphabet versus the it ghetto. It was sitting. It was sitting <laughs> in their living room. She pulled it out of the thing. Was like this book right here. This oh, was probably like um, this was probably like a month ago. It yeah. was her first name? Jaleesa. Hey, Jaleesa. <laughs> I'm on the show. I feel like I'm yeah. like, I'm famous now. Oh, right. <laughs> now Bye. I'm famous. I have the Jessica Caremore. Okay, so first of all, I have to tell you about Jessica. So first of all, I was in New York at the same time she was in New York. Yeah. Okay. But I was like a huge fan oh, because yeah. I lived Hyper. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And that at the was same time, yeah. That, I the was same there in 1995 to 2000. Me too. Brooklyn, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I saw Brooklyn change. That's oh, we changed. We changed Brooklyn. it. <laughs> we changed Just it. Just so we're clear. Yeah, we changed it. <laughs> we were in that mug, like, yeah. put them up, put them up. Yeah. Stick them up, stick them up. The most dev talent. All Yo. them. They like, that's why I got the name Jesse there James. Was, there was, Yo. so Brooklyn at that time, this is, we're talking pre gentrified yes and, real brooklyn yeah the, the yummy, real brooklyn yummy, but it was yummy still black brooklyn. and multicultural yes. and lots of flavor yeah latino down all that black latino yeah. and jessica was performing a right around the corner from where i lived i lived on decalb avenue oh wow the so, first stop on the d train in fort green what yeah and we so we lived up the street from each other right that's crazy and i was like a huge fan no, listen, because you have to understand. I knew who you were. Well, at this time, everybody was like living in the same, like, what is it, two blocks? Everybody lived by Biggie, Saw, me, you. Like, everybody. It was like maybe like five blocks. Yo, everybody. Wait, Chris what year Rock, was this? 1995. 1995. Biggie lived yeah. around the corner. Biggie lived around the corner. Spike Lee lived there. Yeah, right around the corner. Uh, and his, and his um, sister. Erica Badu. Erica lived across the street from the Brooklyn Moon. Yeah. Everybody lived in, like five minutes away from each other. Yeah. And <laughs> walking, and, and uh, you have to remember, Brooklyn, well, New York in general, but that area, Brooklyn, is a walkable area. Very walkable, yeah. I lived in Point Skimmerhorn was my first apartment. So I was mm. right in Brooklyn Heights first. And then I left and moved to Willoughby and DeKalb. So right. right there, up the so, street from Pratt. <laughs> right up the street from Pratt. Yeah. And I was right across the street from the Fort Green Park. Wow, what? Yeah. And I mean, like, literally everybody was in this neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody. So Chris Rock was right there, too. Like, all right of the, the culture was right there. That's where like neo soul, yeah, all that. the the hip hop. I mean, you know the newer. It's when Hype Will. Remember Hype Williams Hype started Williams. started doing his videos there. Yeah, yeah. Mashoud, is still there. It's still there. Shout out to Brooklyn Moon Cafe. Jefferson. Still mm-hmm. there. Brooklyn Moon Cafe. So Brooklyn Moon. So people know about New Yorkian. Shouts out to New Yorkian. Yeah, New Yorkian poets. Cafe. That was Lower East Side, but. Not but I'll say and and yeah. Um, the Brooklyn Moon. Yeah. Was. A little blacker. 
Very. And the, and, the, and the Sunday tea party. Frank's place. Right. And Frank's place. Yeah. And Frank's place. Because <laughs> yeah. New Yorican was this is so dope. multicultural, right? Yeah. New Yorican was was like it was it was very Rican, but it was oh, yeah. very multicultural. Absolutely. Brooklyn Moon was black. It was super awesome. Every, <laughs> it was the black, was it was black. The, it was the blackest poet in the blackest way. So it my, was black. Am I purpose. saying this right? So did you guys all run into each other at like the typical bodega or the like No, two Brooklyn or three? Moon was the place. Brooklyn Moon. Brooklyn yeah, we Moon. met because there. you never saw people in the daytime. <laughs> yeah. We, it was a Friday night open night. Okay. Shout out to Mike, who's still there. The proprietor is still there, mm, rocking, making doing well. Out. He's doing doing whole on man he's still Shouts there out to harriet's harriet's remember harriet's harriet's yes. is a clothing line is harriet uh, still there and a store she's still over there okay yeah I these get are all emails. black entrepreneurs y'all are uh, yeah absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah businesses clothing and this lines. is in this is 95 so it's just yeah. good yeah. energy everybody flowing mm-hmm. it was the one of the most magical times magical i moved there from brooklyn it was i mean from detroit and what's funny is that like proof was alive then. He was supposed to actually mm-hmm. prove was supposed to drive me to New York. And he mm-hmm. bailed on me at the last oh minute. My God. And my best friend Charlotte drove me in my four pickup truck. Shout out Charlotte. Charlotte to Charlotte that drove me to New York and then took my truck back to Detroit like the next day. Like Aww. she just dropped me off and dropped all my stuff. And I came to New York like not knowing what was going to happen, mm-hmm. but I knew that I had to leave Detroit to find something bigger, right? right, right. I had already done the hair shows. <laughs> I had done Poor Me Cafe. Mm-hmm. I'd already kind of done Detroit in the biggest way a poet could do a Detroit at that time hip hop shop yeah Shouts hip hop shop I was running the, I was running the hip hop shop you know okay before. wait okay yeah <laughs> wait before we, we get to go back do you guys want some water before we get to deep yeah yeah that's cool right, one second so tell us okay before we get to hip hop shop I just have yeah. to tell you <laughs> we already in New York we skipped over Detroit a little bit <laughs> yes yeah, okay we'll come back we'll come back to but it. this is a Detroit thing in New York yeah so Maurice Malone when he moved to Brooklyn yeah he called me and yeah. asked me to photograph nice. Kafani and ah, um, and, nice. and some more folks for the hip-hop shop. I worked for him in Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn Loft. In the Brooklyn Loft. I did work for him part-time. Yeah, I did, I did so some time. So I went over, over there <laughs> to the Brooklyn Loft Shout out to and photographed his his marketing campaigns mm-hmm. in his loft. Bananas. And, and and those are like the campaigns now that are like everyone always remembers. That's yeah, hilarious. Listen, shout out yeah. to Seven Mile and Maurice Malone. Shout Maurice Malone really, Maurice Malone. whether he knows it or not, and I'm sure he does, nurtured a lot of us. He did. In business and in marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. And when Hassan was alive. Oh, Hassan. Like, shout out to Hassan Mausi, our brother, who yeah. had for life, you know, like pushing us through the Speaking spirit world. Speaking of New York and Detroit. And- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Detroiters in, in New York, like there was a spot, I don't know if you remember, there was a bar. What was that bar in the city? Christian's boy used to bartend there. You're talking about which city? In, in New York. In New York. In the Manhattan. There was a Detroit night. We had Detroit night. There was a bar. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, and I, I got a call. Loop. I got a text. Christian Hill asked me, but his okay. like his boy used to be there, and he was the bartender was from Detroit. So Detroiters would come, and we know we could get the hookup on the drinks. Mm. So it was like Detroit night. <laughs> I, did, I was not aware. <laughs> I, I bet you if I tell you the name, you're going to be like, yo, oh, I know what you're talking about. Mm. What's funny is I don't... I, I told Piper this story before, like in 2013, I graduated school in 2011 and I wanted to do the same thing. I really wanted to move to Brooklyn. I had a few friends moving to Brooklyn and I don't know what made me read this article. I can't tell you where it was, but I was reading it and it was talking about how Brooklyn had become so gentrified and a lot of the artists were losing their creative juices. And at the end of the article, it said, if you want to get that creative feel back, and you're a local New Yorker or native New Yorker, move to Detroit. Detroit, of yeah. course, move to the D. And, and I thought that was is, crazy. You know how many friends I have, probably yeah. you two, that have 
bought property here and moved here? Of course. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, because Detroit right now feels how Brooklyn yes. felt back then. In the 90s. Yep. And, be, you know, because yep. years, I was thinking about, because I've been wanting to go back to New York in yeah. my imagination for yeah. 10 years now. And I remember Saul was coming through here and he was, he had been living in, in, in Saul LA. Saul Williams was a part of Saul Williams, that, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's why I met Saul. I met Saul at the Brooklyn Moon Cafe. We all met there. And I ended up publishing his book three years later, his first book, The Seventh Active. And so he was like, the first poet I published that became like a real more black press became like a press that published mm-hmm. other poets was Saw. Mm-hmm. And so I remember he was passing through here and they were going, they had moved to, and they were in New York. I think they were headed back to LA. And I said, I miss New York. And he said, and if you move back, you're going to say, I miss New York because it's gone. <laughs> like yeah. the New York that we knew, knew yeah. it's and not loved, there anymore. it's not there it's, anymore. It's Trumpified and Kmartified. I mean, and a lot of us kind of left, you know, like we did it real hard. We put yeah. it on the map in a yep. big way, mm-hmm. like as far as poetry and hip hop. And yeah. Y'all, y'all generation you. definitely is the uh, huge reason why there's so many millennials in, that moved to Brooklyn, like from the 2010 mm-hmm. to now. Like, Absolutely. Huge reason. Deep. Yeah. I'm sorry that the rents went up on y'all. But, uh, oh, <laughs> Jessica, we, were you just yeah. in Brooklyn doing something? Yeah, I had. With Twilib? I had. Uh, Brooklyn Bowl? Con- I had three concerts at Brooklyn Bowl. How yeah. was it? It was awesome. Yeah, Brooklyn Bowl is a great venue. And mm-hmm. I, I did, when I, my album came out in 2015 on Talib's label, um, Javoti. Shout out to Javoti Media and Talib Kweli. Um Brooklyn Bowl was one of the first concerts I did with the full band. And I just mm. remember like the people's faces because Stephanie Christian was singing with me. Oh, wow. And I had like horns in the full Shouts band. Shouts out to Stephanie. Uh, she's a superstar. She's, she's a on the, all over the world in Europe and Albania Get and it. all kinds of places with inner city. She's a mm. superstar. Yeah. No, everybody. Because I, of you. And no, because of her talent. Because of her talent. But I knew mm-hmm. she was a superstar. I was just somebody. I just didn't have the. I pushed as much as I could putting her on every Black on Rock show. And she's doing the and one. And then that's how Telephone is coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, you bring an idea too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I be bringing people. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I don't even think that's special. I think it's what we're supposed to do. I remember years ago, like Navasha Dea, you know, who used to be the lead singer for Fertile Shout out to Navasha Dea. Yeah, like beast of a singer, my sister, Black on Rock. She's, um, she told me, you know, that's the thing. She was brought up in the culture of giving back. And we're right. supposed to, like, go, I'm supposed to go find you yeah. and say what you do so yeah. I can help you be great. Exactly. But that culture, like, in the, people, like, he became individuals and forgot that's who we actually are right yeah. and that's what, what that's what we do that's well what in we brooklyn are. that's what we were doing like what yeah. i realized when i was in new york why i got excited is i was like this is a community mm. this right. is not just some so like, when i won the apollo i had only lived in new york five months mm. and so now i could jumping through my stuff man yeah sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i'll go back what well, i did win half <laughs> like it's, yeah we're in new york so i mean i was only living there five months though when okay. that happened so i had met talib was working at the Karu books mm-hmm. so Joss, which was in the same neighborhood same neighborhood Joss says from dopadelic was like mm-hmm. yo jessica you gotta meet this brother talib he's a great mc he's over <laughs> he work at the bookstore so i was like all right let's go meet talib and so i met him and he was working at the bookstore. And his mama mm-hmm. was Dr. Brenda Green, some mm-hmm. educated people, and then became friends with him and and uh, and met Dante that same way. Um, you have to tell people who the Dante art, is. The artist known as Yasin Bey. <laughs> also known as Most Deaf. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and met them. And and, Deb, and M1 and Mutulu and Stick and, you know, in Common Dang, and all of them. Yeah. yeah. And the and the thing is, like, we know each other. Like, it was yeah. just, it was a, a meeting of, mm. we were all just becoming. Yeah. Nobody was famous, really, yet. Right, right. Um, and after I won the Apollo, I was more famous than a whole and bunch of them. And how many times did you actually win? Well, I won five 
bloody weeks. Okay. <laughs> so you gotta like the first time you were there. Like I don't know if it's on YouTube. Yeah. I didn't necessarily it find it. But what was like your first thought? Like especially after knowing, like seeing Lauren Hill when she was like what twelve or thirteen getting booed. The yeah, whole yeah, I heard about. I don't even know if I'd seen Lauren get booed. I heard about it like later. That whole you know narrative that the Apollo is like treacherous. Yes. Well, let me say this. Um, so it was really surreal. I, I went, I was working for the Daily Challenge. I was working for a black newspaper out of Brooklyn that ran its paper out of Restoration Plaza. So I was a journalist. I was doing what I knew how to do, which is write and tell stories. And so when I did the Apollo, I was kind of coming in like a journalist. I was really interesting because actually the Fugees were there. So Lauren was there mm-hmm. when I won. The Fugees That's, were there. Wow. Um, Paul Mooney was there. That's great. Um, love him. Brandy was there. Brandy. She's like, I love your poems. <laughs> it was like, oh. it was a very surreal, beautiful experience. And I just saw Ray Chu and the crew. I did an event at the Charles H. Wright and Ray Chu was the musical director. A tribute to Aretha Franklin. And I was there and read a piece. And so, I mean, they, you know, they love me still. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember when it happened, they were so happy. Like Steve Harvey was so happy. That's what's up. Uh, Kiki Shepard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who I did an event years later at, with Mike Epps. I wonder if people know who's Kiki Shepard. Kiki Shepard is the sister, the beautiful mm-hmm. sister. I put the. She was the one that got the. You know, put came out in the pretty gown and mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And so, and so she, yeah, Kiki's dope, and she's an actress, and it was been in L.A. for many years, mm-hmm. and um, really dope human being, and stayed in touch, and so. That was, it changed my life, like, really fast. And I went there not thinking I would win. I just thought, it's a black, it's black people. I'm from Detroit, so black people in Harlem, that was like a no-brainer. So I was at the Brooklyn Moon Cafe. Mm. I've told this story many times. My friend Maurice Dwyer came Mm -hmm. up to me. He's an associate producer from the Apollo. He was like, you should read your poems at the Apollo. He said, I wouldn't normally say that to any poet, Mm. but I think that you could win the Apollo. Mm. And I was like, you think so? I was like, I, and so I went really, like, open, like, okay. And then the sister who was um, really, who curated most of that moment in time was Maxine, I think, Lewis. Mm. And um, I think I said Maxine Waters recently. <laughs> I was like, that's not Maxine Waters. This is Maxine Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Maxine Lewis and Maxine Waters. But Maxine Lewis um, was curating. And she, I did my poetry like I always do. I went to the audition. And she pulled me to the side. And she was like, you're going to be on the show. I was oh. like, I'm going to be on the show. She's like, you're going to be on the show. Just trust me. I was like, wow. okay. I didn't know what it meant. Mm-hmm. So I went kind of like, just I had on a wrap skirt and some Kari shells. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. That's probably why they loved it, though. I just went as myself. Mm-hmm. I showed right. up very authentically. I was I was nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't worried about getting booed so much, as, but I was trying to get these Temptation brothers to win. Mm-hmm. There were some brothers, these five beautiful brothers. I don't know where they are now, but they were older then, and they were singing the hell out the Temptations. And I was wow. like, I was rooting for them. I was like, they're going to win. They're going to win. Right. And, uh, and somehow... I beat them and I beat the barking. They had a pit bull that was uh, rapping, a rapping pit bull that, <laughs> that had won three weeks in a row. And he was oh, on Dr. Hilarious. Dre and Ed Lover. I never forget. I was like, they had the barking dog or Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. <laughs> and um, I was like, they got to, Dr. Dre and Ed Lover better. And once, I, once I beat them, I was like, they got to bring me on, man. They right. brought the dog on. <laughs> right, right, right. I beat them. So it was weird. And so I won. And then the poets started finding out in the community that I won. So I won three times in a row mm. on one day because they taped three shows a day. Oh, okay, so okay. that was really weird is that the audience, you know, black people, they're supposed to leave and new people come. Yeah. But they were so excited that I won that they were leaving. Looking and they, forward to And they moved their yeah. seat. And they oh, pretended like they'd man. gone out that they came back to sit down. That's Hilarious. so funny. So I won the three weeks and I was like, it was just like, like, what's happening right now? Because I had to go through three shows of mm. a whole bunch of different people who are very talented. It was just like, what is that? So I had to come back the next day. Yeah. So I won on a Saturday. Then Sunday I came back. And then I just literally begged, after the two wins, I begged them to let me do, I had done Black Statue of Liberty, right? Mm-hmm. And I begged them 
to let me do a different poem. And they're like, well, is it, <laughs> is it nasty? Is it appropriate? I right, said, right, right. Well, because I said black girl juice. And yeah. they were like, what is that? And I was like, it's appropriate. It's positive. I promise. There's no cuss words. It's not about sex. And they're like, all right. Because normally with a singer, you have to keep singing the same song. And I was like, I'm not going out there and doing that poem again. Mm-hmm. So that was me being a poet. It yeah. wasn't even about me winning. I was like, this audience just heard me do that poem two times. Right. I'm not doing that poem again. And they get me do Black Girl Juice and I won again. Right. And it was just... So after five weeks, Steve Harvey, was, I was getting dressed for my sixth time yeah. backstage, and they decided to retire me because oh. it had never happened historically. They didn't quite know what to do, and I was mm. getting—they knew I was about to get a whole bunch of TV time. Yeah. So I immediately had to join the union because That's after great. that much television, national, and it was actually international television. I didn't mm-hmm. know that it, Apollo was an internationally syndicated yes, show at yes. that time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got my first gigs in Europe That's because great. they saw me in London. That's great. That's crazy, wow. right? That's and so things, I mean, the, with the poets came on Sunday. So right. then my boy Bar- Brad and Tariqa and Tyra, like my friends, that like yeah. my friends to this day, they're like, yo, she won. We got to go check her out. So in the, in the footage of Sunday, you see like my friends are there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, but the Sandman was alive then. And so he, mm. yeah, I got to meet the Sandman. Cool. And he never came out. He never came out there and shuffled yeah. you onto the yo, curb. It was funny though, because after the fifth win, I was getting ready for the sixth win and they, I didn't come out there. Steve Harvey said, now listen, y'all, she not going to come back out. I know y'all wondering oh, why. Because wow. she didn't lose, but we going to let Jessica Kira Moore retire gracefully. And we're going to give, and he gave me another round of applause. That's great. That's That's great. great. They, they treated it really like, in a very, like a cultural event. <laughs> it was real interesting. Which it was. It was a serious thing, right? Yeah. Because I didn't even realize. I was such a baby, Piper. I was 22, right? Right. 20, I didn't know how young I was. I was so young. But I was yeah. saying like Angela Davis. Yeah. I was saying Asada Shakur. Yeah. On on the Apollo. Asada yeah. Shakur, Angela Davis. I mean, Davis. that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, it does, but I didn't realize how they had never heard something like that probably on the yeah. Apollo, right? People yeah. singing to Jesus. It was so conservative. I'm telling you. Yeah. And I'm telling you. Well, it's really uh, <laughs> what we had seen mainstream from black right. folks. Right. You right. Know, yeah. But I mean, you know, so I mean, I, I'm glad that I got known and on a black space. And shortly thereafter, yeah. that's probably where Russell Simmons got the idea for the Beth Poetry It wasn't Russell Simmons' idea, so it let wasn't. me just change that. Yeah, Okay, no. okay. Tell it us, was tell actually us. Danny, Danny Simmons. Ah. Yeah, so Danny's the one who, so Danny was. Danny uh, is, Danny, Danny Simmons, Simmons is his brother. The, old, okay. one, the oldest brother of Reverend mm-hmm. Run and, and, um, and Russell. And yeah. so. Um, the artist. Yeah, he's the visual artist. He was the collect- a big collector of art, um, African mm-hmm. art supporter. in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he had events on his roof. Right. So the poets used to go to Danny Simmons' crib, and we had like salons and readings at his crib all the time. So he was a part of our community. And back yeah. then, he was like, Jessica, I want you to publish my book. And I was like, okay, Danny, I got to see. But he was a part of the scene. So him, I forgot the other sister's name because I'm just getting grown and I'm tired. And Bruce George <laughs> and this other sister who had she going to kill me because I can't remember her name. But it was three of them. Mm-hmm. And Danny was the one that told Russell... We need to do a deaf poetry jam. Mm. Like you got deaf comedy. It was yeah. So that's why. And Russell just was like, we we pitched it to him. Like yeah. we, he he saw it. Yeah. Uh, we were at. I was one of the poets at the Aspen U.S. Comedy Festival when mm-hmm. uh, they was like celebrating the wines. Dave Chappelle was there. Cedric the Entertainer was there. Stan Lathan was there. Mm-hmm. And Stan Lathan who ended up being the director of deaf poetry. Yeah. And so um, I was one of the poets they brought to show people at this U.S. Comedy Festival in Aspen what poetry could sound like. Right. Like that's not. You know, that the, yeah. the in your face, some hip hop influence. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is what poets sound like right now, y'all. Yeah. And because a lot of people hadn't been exposed and everybody was there. I think George Lucas was there. It was bananas. Mm-hmm. The audience mm-hmm. was like crazy. And we were the talk yeah. of the whole festival. And I'm so sure. that's how we got the HBO deal. That's Not great. we. 
I didn't get no money from that. <laughs> I was, you know, yeah, Danny would yeah. tell you I helped it though, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I'm proud to have been a part of it mm-hmm. to be in the beginning of the stages of HBO Deaf Poetry. But it's actually was Danny for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Russell was happy to add the brand name, which I'm made sure. sense. You know why yeah. not? Yeah. It and gave I, it some. It gave it a lot of seriousness as well. Yeah, it gave it gave it a lot of very seriousness to the art form of right. Justice in a Kill Me spoken word. <laughs> I hate it. I'm not a spoken word artist. So it's okay. Shout out to people who call themselves it's, that. It's a dip, there's the difference. Is it like hip hop and rap? Uh oh. <laughs> you know what? You're such a smart millennial. I love you. I mean, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. Um, the difference between rap and hip hop. Because, it, but the thing is, I don't know. Because if I was, if I was to say whether I was a rapper or or MC, I probably I'm probably more of a rapper. <laughs> I'm more I'm more hood. <laughs> <laughs> but like a hood poet. Um, but spoken word for me, I struggle with that title. Okay. Um, even though, like, I guess I do I do performance art and I'm interdisciplinary and shit. And so, uh, and I work with music, mm. but I'm a poet. And because I didn't come up, I learned how to write poetry from reading poetry in books. Mm-hmm. And there was nobody on TV doing poetry. The first time I saw poetry on TV was Reggie Gaines. Who stole my Air Jordans on Arsenio Hall show? Shout out wow. to Black Spaces and Arsenio Hall bringing Reggie on because I was in seventh grade and I was like, oh, "That's a poet. Mm-hmm. That's on TV mm. doing poetry." And so I learned from reading Sonia Sanchez. I'd read Lucy oh Clifton. I had memorized Dudley Randall's The Black Poets. That mm-hmm. was my Bible. I, you know, I knew Hakeem Adabuti. I'd read Amiri Baraka. I mean, I had done. Intazaki Shange was God mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. So I learned poetry from reading. I didn't learn it from mm. performing. Right. So when I opened my mouth and read a poem, my voice was just heavy. And it just turned out that people didn't mind the sound of my voice. And so it worked. But it wasn't like I was preparing for a performance. I, my poems for me were like, I was trying to tear down some shit. <laughs> it was not about like, I'm me sound real good on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And it, I become, became more refined with it. I think mm-hmm. the closest thing I've done to like spoken word in quotes is like my my music album, mm-hmm. you know, which is like, you. that's Gil Scott Heron, right? But Gil Scott Heron is a poet and, and, you've and a done scholar. Work with, much work with him. Yeah, I worked with Gil Scott a lot, mm-hmm. you know, before his and passing. Ayers. And Roy Ayers. Dude, Those Roy are my Ayers babas. saved like, my my life like two summers ago when I found yeah. out who he was. Oh, Oof. he's oh, my barber. He's beautiful oh, and he's so dope. and he's still amazing and clear as a bell. Last time I saw him in concert, it was like him and Sunra are like on different. Levels They're and gone. Sonia Sanchez is someone who Sonia you work Sanchez. With. I need to. Yeah. Yeah, I need to figure mm-hmm. You you put me on her. Uh, oh, Sonia's couple, very. Yeah. Sonia's like. To, I need no to offense, Jessica, but yeah. Sonia Sanchez is my favorite poet. <laughs> no offense. No favorite. no offense. Mine too. That's so, my favorite. So Sonia Sanchez is my favorite. I mean, uh, Sonia Sanchez is Mary Baraka. My two favorite. Mary Baraka is also one of my. favorites I also love Abi Odun. You said Mary. What? What was that second? Mary Baraka. He's the father of the Black Arts Movement. R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in power. Papa, I read at his funeral. Shout out to mm. Raz Baraka, his beautiful yeah, son. Yeah, shout out to Raz, Mitty, and the whole fam. Yep, I published that book, Black mm. Girls Learn Love Hard, Raz's mm. first collection of poetry. Mm. And after his sister um, was murdered um, very violently in Newark, New Jersey, he had mm. just been in Detroit with me, and we had talked about publishing his book because I was Raz was like the at that time not the mayor yet but he was um the principal of a high school he was mm, a coach yeah. at two schools He's always he was been a very conflict invested. resolution like breaking yeah. up gangs and he really deserved to be the mayor and mm-hmm. And so we had talked about, I said, but you've done all these things. I was like, in that book, in the tradition that him and Kevin Powell edited together. Shouts out to Kevin Powell. Yeah, yeah. He was part of the Brooklyn sensation. Absolutely. I know I had a big crush on Kevin when I was young. I was like, Kevin Powell from the real world. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) He's my friend now for many, many years. And so, yeah. And and 
you know, Kevin and, and Raz, they were older. So Asha Bendeli, mm-hmm. that crew, Willie Perdomo, like they got us by a couple few, right? Yeah. That's who I learned from though. And so I saw them coming in and they were they took the work real serious. Very serious. That's what made and so I was like so I was around people who took poetry so serious. And writing. I, but I couldn't call myself no damn spoken word artist. Mm-hmm. Because we were out and every Friday night at Brooklyn Moon, we were like this. Yeah. Trying to come up with the next best thing. Yeah. When nobody reading poem, the same poem that they Never. read last week. No, we come in hot like, oh, you you heard that fire last Friday, here come the new fire. And it's, right. it was always about the new fire. Yeah. And we were always, it wasn't competitive. It was like a healthy competitiveness mm. where we wanted everyone to destroy. And that open mic was, that's why it's hard for me now. Yeah. Because I came up with the best writers in the country. Mm. Thinkers. And, and they Critical thinkers. still are. Yeah. I would hold those writers and poets against any poets. Yeah, historians. Under 40 right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, so is, it's, it, is yeah. it a balance of structure passion and realness or do you tell me you guys both it's a balance of 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 gift and magic you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's absolutely it's gift and magic and the and there's and there's practice and structure yeah okay you know i mean and iron sharpens iron so you all were uh very much in competition with one another in a good way where you lifted each other we're around amiri baraka and sonia sanchez right right in the last pose and girl scott heron they were hands-on Hands on people like when yeah. they were walking, we would do readings at the Schomburg, and they'd be like, "Be like, Amiri just walked in." Like, <laughs> right. we, we were humble. Like, right. we we weren't like we knew we couldn't do nothing better than mm. them. Right. We were just like we just wanted them to hear us. Understood. Yeah. And we can't. I came into it real humble like that. Like mm-hmm. I just want them to. And you just. I remember sitting in Amiri Baraka's house, and he looking at me, and he said. Jessica, where's you from? I was like, Detroit? He's like, but where are you from? I was like, I don't know, Mary, but I'm from Detroit. I was like, he said, what about your parents? I was like, they just working class people from the Mm -hmm. west side of Detroit. I went to Detroit public schools. I was like, but there's all kinds of ancestors at work, though. Yeah. 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 You know, so I I feel real blessed that I'm young enough to still be cool and old enough, (laughs) old enough to have gotten my information and in a different frequency. Yeah. Yeah. And really hands-on teaching. Mm-hmm. Hands-on sitting up under people. Like Gil Scott Heron, this beautiful story. There was, I forgot this magazine. Beat Street. What was this hip-hop magazine? It's gone. Now. Stress. It was a Stress there magazine. There was Stress. Remember Stress? Mm-hmm. So Stress magazine was doing this thing where they were like, had people battle like intellectually. Yeah. yeah. So they wanted me and Gil Scott Heron to battle poetry versus hip-hop. Mm. Like, and he found out like which one came first? It was some weird shit like that. And which one did come first? Well, Gil Scott Heron, when he found out that it was me gonna write against him, mm-hmm. he refused to do it. He said, uh-huh. "Me and Jessica from the same place. So if Jessica is saying this, then we're gonna agree. So we can't we can't write against each <laughs> wow. other. So me and Asha Bendeli did it. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I I argued that of course poetry. Okay. It was the first. Because, you would think. Yeah. Hip hop is, I mean, it's a new art form for, for God's sake. I mean. It would seem like that it would, it would be. Poetry predated. Poetry's yeah. been around since forever, forever. Hip hop is like, the beat had to come a part of it. Like the whole, mm-hmm. you know, it was the boogie down. Like it, it was, there was an energy text to hip hop that's mm. a little different to me. To me, they're kissing cousins. Right? I think so too. Yeah. But it's they great, poetry's like they great grandmama mm-hmm. ancestor. Yeah. Like that ain't, that has come, been resurrected in many different forms. And yeah. hip hop has had influence on my generation of poetry. Roy Ayers right. in your mind, that mm-hmm. was like poetry. Yeah. But it was like hip hop before hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like philosophy. kissing cut. Yeah, yeah. And the one song you played me, what's the name? Uh, Des Press. 
Yeah, the uh, mind sex. That's Abby Adun. Mind sex. Yeah, Ooh. Adun is on that. Black Rose. Black Rose. Black Rose. Oh Don't you God. love Adun? Shout out to Abby Adun. Are you only the last poets? The, are you okay? So, um, yeah. sorry. I always play. I'm an elder. Yelder. <laughs> I'm a yelder. <laughs> Yo, we, that's yeah, we. That's what uh, Kevin Powell said. We're, we're. I put it in the poem. We're elders and we're still young. And says we're still Kevin young. Powell. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, working with a lot of young people as you do too. Yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, I'm pulling ref- different references from everywhere, but one thing I keep in my arsenal mm. is the Black Rose piece from nice. Dead Prez. Okay, it's beautiful. Right? And, and actually, the entire Dead Prez song. Oh, let's right? go. And I mean, so, that, that's uh, a great record in general. In general. Yeah. And, I, and, and a lot of, you know. I introduced a lot of young people to Dead Prez. To Dead Prez. When, do, when I was teaching in the juvenile detention center, they were like, they didn't know who they were. They didn't know. And, they don't and, know who anybody is. Nah, they don't well, know my, most Dev Tyler. Yeah. They're like, huh? Who? Yeah. <laughs> well, one of one of the groups I should say of young people that I work with yeah. was the pregnant young ladies. Yeah. At, at the Catherine Ferguson. At Catherine Ferguson. Yes. And um, you know, I would you know play that song because a lot of them want to be songwriters, music producers, this type of thing. And um, I was telling Brittany how I thought it was it was a it was interesting and heart wrenching that when I would play that song afterwards, you know, when I asked them what do they think, mm. the one young lady say. I wish a nigga would call me black. Oh wow! And I'm like, wow. wow. So then, so there's that. Ooh. And then another one was um, what is this she? whole. Okay, let's just be honest. She's black and very dark skinned. Like wow. the like the Baby. beautiful color of coal. Oh, beautiful! You mm. know, like a deep dark, yeah. beautiful color. Okay. And then there is the uh, you know the reference around. I don't, well, what they say, I don't even understand what they're saying. Now, to me, <laughs> their words are very clear. <laughs> yeah. No, really. Yeah, Mind, yeah. sex. We, we don't, don't have, have to take, take our clothes, clothes off yet. yet. <laughs> right? We could burn an incense Sense, and relax. On. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, it's very um, yeah, articulate. It's, so, yeah, it's yeah. very clear. There's not, it's not like... Yo, what is that language they're speaking, right? Because she not because she don't got to get on the pole, so we not we don't understand. She says she doesn't even understand. We say so. I say okay. <laughs> how would you know? What if a a, a brother, right, or mm. or whatever you're into, speak to you in this way, as as a reverence, right? You know, just having this conversation. Like, how do you feel about mm. someone giving you reverence, someone uplifting mm. you, someone right. appreciating you, the inside of you, who right. you are, but also. You know, acknowledging your physical in a way that's an appreciation for what the creator, Come on you know, now. brought you here with. And the young person, the young say? people are like, I don't want nobody talking to me like that. I, that's a soft nigga. Wow. And my thing is, okay, we come here, right? <laughs> We're not only one thing. That's right. Sometimes we hard. Sometimes we Sometimes we soft. Yeah. And sometimes we all that in the middle. That's the beauty of it. How 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 do we get to that point, yeah. right, where we're really yeah. connecting on the inside? And, and what is a man, you know? Like a man mm. isn't somebody that's just hard and hard towards Hate you. Hate you upside your head, call yeah, you all types of names that's a man. and this and that and that. Yeah. But, you know. That's learned behavior. It's learned mm. behavior. But it's really interesting, right? And I told him, you don't have to like my music. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand why you wouldn't want someone <laughs> to appreciate you she, like that, right. you know? That'd be interested in what it's you, a different uh, generation. It's the, a different generation. The appreciation for words is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I think I don't want to say we. I don't hate to keep talking about what we losing and what we need back, but I think 
a lot of us need to appreciate words more. We just throw them around so much, mm. type them so much. Yeah. You don't appreciate words. And they're powerful things. I mean, I've completely written myself into existence. Mm, that's deep. And with words. And if not for the power, Nick Speed is calling me. I can't talk right now. <laughs> Shouts out to Nick Shout Speed. Shout out to Nick Speed calling me Detroit right now. Detroit music producer. <laughs> which is also cool, man. I'm done. Yeah, me and Nick just did a... Did a tra- we haven't talked about South City. We should talk about it. Yeah. Right but, well, first of all, we have to... Okay, hey. you've done a record with Jeezy. You've done a work, <laughs> yeah. you've worked with Nas. You have you have music. Let's just say mm-hmm. recorded music. Yeah, because a lot of people get in the studio. No offense, but a lot of people get in the studio yeah. with people. But these are recordings that exist out there in the world and have like a scan. Oh yeah, <laughs> scan thing that you can stamped. Go. Oh absolutely, yeah, yeah. Jeezy was yeah. Like run down run down the line so that um, people can salivate. Over <laughs> You're so crazy. Because we named already well, heavy hitters, but yeah. So Nas, I did in um, in 1999, open and close Nostradamus. He was probably the first rapper I recorded with for real, for real. And then. More recently, I'm really happy. I'm on Kareem Riggins' uh, Head Nice Suite. Oh my gosh, Sweet. I love Kareem yeah, Riggins. Me too. And so I'm on Head Nice Suite. Drummer, Detroit. Oh my yeah, God. Incredible oh, Dilla producer. Legacy. Yes. <sighs> I mean, Kareem's a beast. I just a want beast. him to play drums with me. Hi, Kareem Riggins. Play drums with me. Um, <laughs> hoping to do more work with him. But Poetry Suite was the name of the track that's mm-hmm, on his um, mm-hmm. beautiful album, Head Nice Suite. So that's got a lot of plays on yeah. uh, Spotify. It's actually a billion, million. I don't know what it is. It's a lot, though. A lot of people mm-hmm. listen to that. Um, and then Jeezy was interesting because they reached out to me and I was like, who? I had to Google. Oh my God, that is so funny. <laughs> I had funny. to Google him. Yeah. And my girl Charlotte loves him. She was like, girl, I love him. You better do that record right. with Jeezy. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I did it. Nick Speed engineered it. So that was pretty dope. Um, what's that, I, I what's that Jeezy it? song? Something, something, something. That my auntie house. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm on Church in These Streets. That's the album I'm on. I love yeah. that. That's that a good album. Church in These is Streets. That, I'm on Church in These Streets. Okay. Yeah, Eternal Reflection. It's a, so we did. He did reflection. Eternal backwards. He called right. it eternal. Jeezy is deep, low key. Like when no, he, he did is. the recession, I oh. was like, man, that album. No. Yeah, I was just giving me some Tupac energy. I was mm. feeling it when mm. I actually like got caught up. I was yeah. like, okay. Just I'm only yeah. asking this not to be a snoo, but to ask to get to another question. Did you do like in studio sessions with these people? With Nas. For How sure. was that? It was cool. I mean, thing is, we're just mutual artists. Like he, Nas was a fan of mine. Like he saw me on the Apollo, just mm-hmm. like everybody else, like Karis one had, like the Wu Tang Clan members had, and um, saw what I'd done mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, "I love what you're doing." Like we, when I came up on the Apollo as a guest, like mm-hmm. a professional, I had signed with Chuck Sutton Management, mm-hmm. and so I became mm-hmm. a, a professional artist. And Nas's dressing room was across from mine, and um, he was just he came on he came up to me during my sound check and shook my hand and said, "Keep doing what you're doing." Well, he was a poet. For so I would just, just oh, he's such a poet, yeah. And his and his yeah. dad is a jazz musician. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, Oladara's music is behind me on the album, mm-hmm. right. so that's whose music behind mm-hmm. me. And um, and so like I never was like grouped out on him. I was mad he didn't flirt with me a little bit. You are so he funny. So, <laughs> he was so I was like flirt with me, flirt with me. But he was so respectful. I must say, shout that's out good. to so, yeah, shout out to shout respect. Out to professionalism. Yeah. I know I hate that sometimes. And I but, ask because I'm <laughs> I, get your, <laughs> I get your vibe like I get your vibe that it's not grouped out, but like a lot of things that we miss. Like y'all were talking about the Apollo and Def yeah. and how people just don't see the things that go underneath, you know, underneath yeah. the surface in the scene. So yeah. just to be in a room with someone that has just as much creative energy as you and how that it ends up working out. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. And Nas was real open. He was excited. He, I wrote the intro and he said that he wanted me to be the first and last thing that That's people the, heard on his album. Great. For a rapper of that mm-hmm. magnitude yeah. to say that, and I'm a woman's voice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So shout out to That's men important. who are not always about misogyny, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And then, and who else? I've recorded with The Last Poets as well. I'm on, yeah. I'm on Abiodun's mm-hmm. record. Right. And 
and I don't know, I've recorded with some other folks. Uh, me and Nick B just did a record together. I got a record coming out in the fall with Jeff Mills and Eddie Folks. Wow. And we talked about who Jeff Mills is. Yeah, he's a, he's a right? G. Like on the list of like top three artists I wanted to work with besides Prince. And maybe Stevie Wonder. There was, um, Dude, there was Jeff Mills. Yeah, Jeff Mills is my top three, and I've yeah. been, I've been waiting. And what's really beautiful is that Jeff Mills found me, like mm. instead of me, because like, I just was waiting for it to happen. I met him briefly years ago through Mike Banks at a movement. Right. Shout out he, to Mike Banks, yeah, who I adore. You know, shout out to Underground Resistance, and you know, who really helped shape me too, and, and really kept me in Detroit. Like I learned from mm. Underground Resistance. I learned from the black techno musicians who were just grimy geniuses from the <laughs> Detroit area who were like destroying things all over the world. And that's yeah. what I felt like I was coming to do with my poetry. And that never felt boundaries. That's why I was like, yeah, I can record with a Jeezy or I can record with Nas or mm-hmm. so and of course me and Talib have songs together and um and 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 Talib put my whole album out, you know, and that mm-hmm. was crazy for a rapper, for an MC to do that. Mm-hmm. Because most MCs are just trying to sleep with you, you know, they're not trying to like yeah. put your voice out, mm-hmm. you know, on that level. Yeah. Um and a lot of them don't know what quite what to do with you, so that he had the respect enough to listen to my music. And John Dixon, who who produced oh, the album. John Dixon is a beast. He's a beast and he's doing the original Detroit. score for Salt City. And so John is an important uh he's I mean, John I, a lot of people in New York know him because of me now. Like, mm-hmm. I have, you know, he went all over the world with Timeline, but I'm talking about just, like, right. Mark Carey and Talib. When I was right, talking right. about my next album, they're like, did you call John Dixon yet? Wonderful. Because they had to, Mark Carey had to play John Dixon at Blue Note when he did Blue Note with me. I didn't bring Wonderful. John. I had Mark Carey. He's my pianist when I'm in New York, who's also a beast who played for Abby Lincoln for many years. And, I mean, them, them chords, oh ain't, God, them chords ain't easy. Them mm-hmm. chords ain't easy. Oh, um, I got an Abby Lincoln story. So, anyway, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of stories, but... Yeah, man, like, yeah, and so it's, D- Detroit has all this genius up in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, John has, like, been a blessing. He's King, my son, King's, uh, shout out to King. Shout out to King. Yeah, seventh That's grade. Out. Shout out to seventh grade. Oh, we so ready for it to be over. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he's taking, but King, who's playing, you got to come over so he can play Bohemian Rhapsody for you. He's oh, in love wow. with, like, Freddie Mercury right okay, now. Like, okay. he's just, like, killing it. And so... You know, I'm really excited about what, what King is going to end up doing. Um, and I think he has a lot. that He's a cultural critic. He's, he's all the things at 12 years old. And so, um, yeah, so, like, I've recorded what I can't remember. But Antonio Hart, who was on Impulse Records, who was a saxophone player in Brooklyn, was, like, my first probably professional recording in New York. Mm. So Antonio Hart and I did a lot of shows together. So I've always worked with musicians mm-hmm. and live musicians. I was always trying to find my voice inside of a song. Imani Azuri. Oh, yeah, Imani Azuri. Well, she's on my album. There's still records on my album. You know, Black T, the legend of Jesse James, is like Wordsworth, one of my favorite MCs of all time. Oh, I love Wordsworth. I know, he's hard to look at. Let's not talk about him. No, I'm kidding. He's my Scorpio <laughs> brother. We can talk about <laughs> Shout out to Wordsworth, Shouts one of my favorite out. MCs, Lyricist people, Lounge. So, Wordsworth is a part of the entire hip hop yeah, pantheon. That's of, right. Of what I would call real hip hop. Come on now, yeah, me too. Yeah, same, know, same. The fat beats, fat beats. That's my distribution. That's you know, our distribution. Right? Lounge, fat beats. Yes. The, the 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 historical. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, West Fourth Park. Come on. You know, MCs. Lyrics to go, like for real. Lyrics to go, yes, for man. real. Now, Wordsworth is sweet, and he still is. And he does incredible. all this incredible work. He teaches. He's based in Florida now with his family. Mm. And he does all this amazing work with youth, and he's still on the road. And we're still pushing. Like, That's wonderful. And I love to see us just still yeah. working, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and right now I want to talk. Can we talk about Sauce City? I want to talk about what I'm doing right now. We're yeah, talking okay. about history. 
Yeah, because I think it's really, really interesting, and you have such a you. deep, rich, you know, still waters running. Okay. Come on, everybody, everybody wants to know your history. I'm Come sure, on, right? But um, okay, just a little bit more history until we yes, get to that. Let's okay. Go. So, and history, briefly, just tell us about each one of your projects, because you have your wow. books, you are a publisher, you have, well, you've published your books, you've published other people. Yeah, more black press. You have created Black Women Rock, so yes. um, you, you've years. created um, theater, you've, you've written, you've done stage plays, you've done um, scripts, you've done... Mm. Uh, you know, <laughs> motherhood, books, poetry, yes, yeah. motherhood. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about. Um, we can go through because I want to get to your the yeah. institution building. It's important, and I want to get to this particular project. But can you kind of take us through Some a historical it. timeline of your projects? Okay, well, more black press was my first baby. Nineteen ninety seven. I was living in Brooklyn. Um, I'd won the Apollo. People were going into stores asking for my books before I had a book saying, Where that girl poetry from the mm. Apollo, the one with the braids. And so because I had a journalism background, I knew how to write a press release. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Faith Childs as my literary agent. So it was mm. Faith Childs and Marie Brown were two of the baddest literary agents in New York City, I would gather that they still are. And mm-hmm. Marie Brown, is, I stayed in touch with actually more, who I didn't sign with, but she's. I just saw her recently at Woody King's, uh, one of Woody King's mm-hmm. productions of uh, a play around Mary Baraka's life, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. I saw in New York City. But um, yeah, and so I had, I was young, I was like 23 at that time, and all the publishing houses were turning me down. And I was like, why do you care about a publishing house telling you you're great? Jessica, mm-hmm. what this is not the what are you doing? You getting caught up in this culture in New York. You better do you. And so mm-hmm. the just the Detroiter in me started more black press. My boy Akil, we came up with several sketches to what my logo was gonna be. So we he create finally created this beautiful sister with an afro holding a book up to the heavens and that became my logo mm-hmm. and I started learning how to brand and market I got my boy Tyron to lay my book out which why we didn't know what we were doing we were like on page maker girl on a big old I don't even know if page people remember page maker. maker page maker Brittany do you know what page maker is <laughs> thank you page maker <laughs> <laughs> that was before like in design yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the new stuff it preceded that it preceded that girl mm-hmm. we grown okay. and so like on my performer <laughs> 750, some kind of Mac, old Mac, right? Wow. I kept it for a long time, like it was going to be like worth money or something. And so, whatever. So, we create more black press. Uh, Tony Medina, who's one of my favorite poets um, and was my mentor, one of my mentors at that time, um, great poet, edited the book. Mm-hmm. And I decided, and most deaf wrote one of the intros. And I think my girl, Tariqa Turk, who's a playwright, wrote one of the intros. And I just, we just decided that we weren't going to tell it. We were going to just create more black press. And I did my first book. Everyone came out. Saul, Moe, Talib, Sharif, Greg Tate. Everyone came out to my book signing because I knew how to write a press release. I knew how to promote and market for my hustle in Detroit. I knew how to promote and market things. And so I, all my book signings were like around the corner. And Saul and other poets took notice. And then so a few months, it was like literally like six months later, Saul walked his manuscript over to my house in mm. Brooklyn because he lived around the corner. Him and Marcia Jones. Shout out to Marcia Jones, out to Marcia Jones. One of the baddest painters on the planet who ended up doing the cover of The Seventh Octave and several of my book covers to follow and was basically art directing for more black press. You know, we just created the thing, right? We just, mm-hmm. we weren't like sitting around waiting for somebody to put us on, waiting for like a corporate sponsor and right. shit. Like we just like created it. So I created my little on Willoughby Avenue in my mm-hmm. little apartment 
started building this thing. And then, so 1997 was the words on Fit in My Mouth. I sold over 20,000 copies. Essence Magazine did Say a that again. Sold over 20,000 copies. Absolutely. What year is this again? 1997. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. I was viral before there was viral. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how I went viral, but I was. Streetle. Crazy. You were yeah. streetle. Uh, yeah, I was streetle. <laughs> is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, streetle. Street- I don't know. Streetle. It was just like, it was energy though. And like, we had to like do more work on energy mm-hmm. than, than, than mm-hmm. like people now. It's so it's such a quick fix now to yeah. be connected to a person. Yeah. But now you had to actually like go and do some work yeah. and mm-hmm. find people's flyers for real, right? <laughs> yeah. And so... That happened in 1998. I had the seventh octave, put out Saul's book. Saul went and did Slam. He became very famous in Slam. So I cool people like Alex. I wonder, Sheedy did people see Travolta. that film Slam? Yeah, Slam. They should see it if they haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, go look it up. Mark Levin. I was in it for like five seconds. And I'm in the anthology. Um, mm. this, my, my poem that was kind of cut out of the piece. I'll talk about why later. It was okay. too, I was too strong. Let's just say that. My performance was too strong. Mm. And so I couldn't be in the film. <laughs> that's hilarious and so but I know it's the truth because I knew the people who edited the film mm. and they told me that like girl your performance is too strong and so I, I can't mm. look better than like the people who are actually like oh, the lead right, characters right, right. so it was right, just right. too rowdy but I destroyed that performance because <laughs> right, right. all the film guys and girls who were there for Mark Levin's film crew they all bought my books I was doing like a book mm, signing that's, that's so, so Detroit mm-hmm. I met this I met the thing and it was so much fun like all the poets were there and they were giving us all these drinks and um, we were trying to pretend like we didn't know Saul's poem. So when he was like, I am not the son of Shaklat Clat, we were all like, Shaklat Clat, like, we're right, doing right, it. right. And they were like, no, 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 no. We're like, oh, pretend like we haven't heard it before. And it, <laughs> it took us like three or four times oh, to no. not do it with it. We were like, we were like, it was so dope. It's such a beautiful time. Shout out to uh, Sonia Marie. You know, I think it's, a, yeah, Sonia, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Sonia Song. Sonia Song was the star of that. Mm. Sonia Song, who's an actress who's been gone on to do all kinds of amazing things and um, in acting world and we're in Hollywood. And she's a beautiful soul, Sonia mm. Song. And so that was the love interest. And the, she played the sister that was at in the prison teaching mm-hmm. poetry workshops. I love slam. I love it more now, I think, because I'm away from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember going to the premiere. It's funny. It was like me. I went to most. Was, I went to the premiere. I think most. I was hanging out with him. And we ended up going over there together. It was just funny. It was hilarious. And so um, we thought, like, the walls of Jericho were going to come tumbling get down over this film. You know, because mm. you think you're in the moment. You're like, there's nothing more incredible than yeah, this. Yeah. And so it was a really beautiful moment. And so that happened in 98. Then I did uh, Sharif Simmons' book, um, Fast Cities and Objects That Burn. Great poet. Uh, my first husband, ex-husband. But he's, that time, like, I really considered him, like, compared him to Gil Scott Heron because he was really doing amazing work with poetry and music and guitar. Mm-hmm. And and we were doing duets together that were really, like, on some really beautifulness, to be honest. We never recorded that, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we, you know, because we don't hate each other anymore, maybe That's we could funny. probably go in and do a, do, do a recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was doing to me was pushing the envelope with like poetry mm-hmm. and music and so I published his book Fast Cities and Objects That Burn and, and then my next book I moved ended up uh, we moved to Atlanta I got divorced and got remarried and then I forgot what happened oh yeah The Alphabet Versus the Ghetto came mm-hmm. that was my fourth book and I had read The Alphabet Versus the Goddess and so mm-hmm. I tried to build like I just you know and then um, Etan Thomas from the Washington Wizards at that time he was the 
the union rep for the for the for the league. Mm-hmm. And my my friend Ruben Mitchell, Ruben, God rest his soul, was my mentee. Was running my office at the time. Young brother at Morehouse College, and a theater major, and was answering my phones at my office mm-hmm. on Oak Street in Atlanta. And he said, Jessica, this basketball player keeps calling you. And I'm like, Who is he? Because I didn't know who he was because he wasn't Allen Iverson. You know what I'm Hilarious. saying? I was like, Allen Iverson was calling. I'd be like, to put him on the phone. That's hilarious. So he can, Al can call me right now. No, I'm kidding. No, he can. And so <laughs> I was like, you know, what's up? And, you know, who is he? He's like, well, this guy named Tom Thomas. I think he's a, a basketball player. So Tom was reaching out to me because he wanted me to publish his book. And mm-hmm. we ended up doing more than an athlete. Marcia Jones actually did the cover mm. um, of that work. And that was a real interesting experience because... It's, you're working with an NBA athlete now, right? And so that was like, but I helped him. I helped him get into Sports Illustrated. We got the That's New York great. Times. We got in places for his poetry, like not for basketball, but for his writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, got him at Harlem Book Fair. I did a release party during the um, uh, All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. And we, at that point, it was in Denver, Colorado. So I mm-hmm. produced a big event. Musa Bailey was the DJ, wow. who's my boy. Hey, shout out to Musa Bailey. Oh, I've recorded with Musa Bailey. Wow. Badass. Yeah, yeah. How to... Something when you're not dead. He's going to kill me. I can't remember <laughs> it. But it's a dope album. Look for Musa Bailey slash Jessica Caramora. We got records together, too. Okay. And so I've recorded a lot. I can't remember everybody. But anyway, yeah. But that's a dope. That's a dope. I love what I did with him, though. Like, I don't love mm-hmm. what people do with my voice when I'm not in control of the music. Mm-hmm. And so I do like what Musa did with my voice. So, yeah, shout out to Musa. And I actually named my character, um, the father character in Salt City, which we haven't talked about yet, is named after him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I uh, shout out to Musa Bailey. And so, um, I forgot what I was talking about. I'm just talking so much, Piper. I'm sorry. No, but I no, mean, this that's I'm just going stuff. down my history. So I did Etan Thomas's book. And then um, I did Asha Bandeli's book, um, The Subtle Art of Breathing. Asha Bandeli, who I love dearly, activist, strong woman poet voice who I learned from. I wanted her to be the first woman poet on my press, and she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Raz Baraka's book came very organically with just mm-hmm. being in Detroit. Me and Hakeem Adabuti and Raz Baraka were performing at a, um, the name change of Pearl, Reverend Cleague's Street to mm. Pearl Cleague, who's from Detroit, mm. the writer and playwright and poet, uh, who I live down the street from in Atlanta. Mm. My friend, her daddy is Reverend Cleague, who started the Shrine of Black Madonna. So we were oh, at the street okay. renaming with Kwame. Kwame mm. was there. That's when Kwame was the mayor. Kilpatrick. Uh, shout shout out to Kwame Kilpatrick. Wish mm-hmm. you were here. And um, yeah, that's just a whole bugged out kind of thing, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a whole situation. That's a whole situation. But yeah. yeah, but he was the mayor then, and I really was excited about him being the mayor then, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And um, and so I wish I could have embraced it like y'all. Yeah, well, we were in the middle of in the mm. of the the glow of it. Like yeah. we like this is gonna be like great. It was the future. Yeah, it's the future. And so just it's just so sad everything that's happened now. And so. Yeah, and so there was that. So me and Raz were at my mama's house on the west side, like, mm. and I went to go get him some fish to fry him some fish. Like, I'm trying to give him a Detroit experience, and right, then we right, talked right. about his book, and then um, he went back home, and his sister was murdered, and I didn't mm. even know how to approach the subject mm. of his book, mm. and then like, I took some time, sent condolences, mm. and later he called me and said, okay, I got your book, and it's Black Girls Learn Love Hard, and mm. Sonia Sanchez wrote the foreword to that book. Oh, my goodness. So I love making books, you know? I mean, mm. Ross, shout out to Ross Eye Press, who taught me about books, and Naomi Long Magic. Who's yeah. a who's the poet laureate? People often calling me the poet laureate, and I always correct them, say no. Naomi Long Magic is the poet laureate, <laughs> and um, and Lotus Press. When I remember Naomi Long Magic, I was probably like 19 years old, and I was at a workshop at Broadside Press, and she said, if you ever make books, make them competitive so that the, they look as good as the other books in the bookstore. She said, don't mm. do it halfway, mm-hmm. do a perfect bind on your book. She was giving me the publishing love, mm-hmm. and so I learned from her, and I learned from Baba Haki. 
And it's deep now, um, Piper, because I'm like, I think 13 books in my press or something like that. Wow. And, yeah, and it's been thankless, you know, like thankless hard work. Like right now, I'm in three storage units. I just bought a house, a big mm. old crib in Detroit. I ain't telling y'all where, but I bought one. And um, and I'm in three storage units because I'm holding a lot of books, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I'm thinking about to have like a more black press like sale. So I can you get should. A, get yeah, that out. would be dope. So yeah, just kind of like get off on some of these books. I need people to buy these books. And so yeah, I'm going yeah. to work on it. But it is like a thankless kind of work, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm kind of trying to, I pull back to take a break. And so that's how I got God is Not an American, and which I, I moved back to Detroit. I wrote God is Not an American. Um when I was just kind of becoming myself again, getting yeah. away from husbands. I'm like, I'm done with husbands. Mm-hmm. It's so 85 to me to be married. Anyway, so old school. And the crazy thing is. <laughs> so old oh school. Marriage is so old school I have to me. I've <laughs> been in the presence of Jessica Caremore and a fan of hers and all that. And that moment was when I moved back to Detroit. And that's yeah. how we started getting like clothes and becoming yeah. sisters at that point. Yeah. That God is not a yeah, yeah, I was going through a lot. Yeah. And I turned that into a rock opera that got produced at the Apollo Theater and mm-hmm. produced in uh, city parks and recreation, picked it up and did it all over New York City. And I did it at Eastern Michigan University, Wayne State University as a full band with images. And I talked to everybody about God and what God was and who God was. And um and you know what guys should God be on the money? Is God a woman? Is God you know I'm saying yeah. all this stuff, just yeah. dealing with it and, and take taking my books and turning them into like multidisciplinary work, right? Yeah. Like kind of would is it like like a concert, like your version of like a somebody going on tour? It's theater though. Okay. It definitely was it definitely was narrative, it's definitely like poetry, monologues and, you- and music. And images. Full experience. Full experience. I mean, Raz Baraka brought his kids out. To, I did it in Marcus Garvey Park, and it was packed. Mm-hmm. And Raz brought his students, and he said, they ain't never seen nothing like you mm. in their whole life. Wow. And I like that feeling. because yeah. That's why it's so hard for me. Like, no no disrespect to, like, the hip-hop artists that are coming out, the mm-hmm, newbies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, but when, like, what's his name that everybody talks about? Which one? I know. We gonna be all right. I love him. Oh, Kendrick. I love Kendrick, right? And so, I do now. But it, I didn't go like, I wasn't like a gasp. No, not at, not at first. I wasn't like, oh, yes, oh my. But you know, I love... It grew on it. It grew on it. But yeah. I'm saying that because I've seen so much genius, yes. that it's hard for me. That knocked you down it's, at first. So, it's either yeah. the, like J. Cole put it, the middle child. I'm a middle child. I'm 29. So anybody that's 25 and 29 is a middle child. Like y'all right. are the hip hop babies, but we're like right in the middle and we're not the newbies with the skinny jeans. So right. we either give y'all too much praise and love and try to rework everything that y'all have done yeah. or try to act like it wasn't great enough. Yeah. And Come still on. don't get that creative juice. So right. we got to be able to like take from you guys and learn from you guys. Right. But have yeah. our own creative flow. So I'm with exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, I don't we, we, I don't, we give to I mean it's like yeah. it's a compliment. I'd be like I'd be like Rakim, huh? Yeah. Can we yeah, talk yeah. about Rakim? Right. Because that's what I mean, that's you know, I mean Black Thought. Like there's just so many MCs mm. that Black I saw. Black like one of my favorites. He's, he's killer. Dope. He's killer. Black Thought, Rakim, you know, Karis one. Like, you know, like those are the people that like raised me. And so yeah. I'm like, you know, Black Thought being more of our generation, but still, like mm-hmm. as far as like MC and even Nas. Well, I was like a little girl listening to Elmatic. Like going crazy off of Elmatic. And and so it's it's hard for me to just be gym like, oh, he's amazing. I'm like, oh, he's and not even just the lyrics, like 
some of the, what they do on stage, they'd be all blown away by these images. I was like, but I know Saul Williams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know Carl Hancock Rux. Mm-hmm. I know Brad Warren. I know like I know Willie Perdomo. Like there's poets out here who would chew some of these MCs mm. up quietly, language wise. Yeah. I know Intazaki Shange. Y'all not fucking with Intazaki. Yeah. That writing right there. I remember yeah. Dante looking most looking at some of my writing saying, I don't write like that. Mm. Because it's a different aesthetic, right? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. there's a different aesthetic. And so I and I don't feel like I gotta hold somebody at at a higher regard for my own work mm. and my own peers' work just because they're more popular. I, right. Yeah. That doesn't more popular doesn't mean they're not as they're not more relevant. I'm I'm just as relevant as a Jay Z, or a Kendrick, or a Chance mm-hmm. the Rapper. I'm a, I'm an artist that's been doing community work. It's in our blood. Some of us we don't even know how to do art that's not political or community driven. I see the point you're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, for someone when they do some community, it's like. Oh my God, they're in the community. I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to be in the fucking community. Yeah. Because if not for the community, you wouldn't have a pot to piss in. Like, yeah. we're supposed to be about our people. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be in the. You know why I love TI, the mm-hmm. juvenile detention center I was at for every summer, um, in in uh, St. Ferguson, St. Louis, Missouri. His picture is on the wall mm-hmm. because when T.I. came in for that concert, he would go and visit my babies in the jail. I love you, T.I. He mm-hmm. don't even know I love him for that. But I don't care about what song he made because he did that. Yeah, I'm done. I like Ti right. because of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's supposed to do that. Yeah. These kids, they worship these brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. The few sisters they allow to have records, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the brothers, right? They really just like and in love on. I'm like, yo, you you should go inside those jails. You need to be up inside some schools the way me and Piper be up inside some schools. Mm-hmm. It's a part of your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your legacy, in my opinion. But that's why I don't be like jumping on. Yeah, you got to be doing something else other than writing a rhyme because I can write rhymes and poems all day. Like, what you doing when you're not doing that? It's a lot of work to do. Yeah. It never stops. Yeah, that's for sure. So now take us just really yes. briefly yes. <laughs> to the Black Tea. Okay, well, yeah, my album. I mean, Black Tea, The Legend of Jesse James. I mean, it was a long time coming. I've been doing Black on the Rock for 15 years now. And so I've been experimenting. In New York, I was experimenting with jungle mm-hmm. and drum and bass. Oh, my God. Remember jungle music of and course. drum and bass music? Do you yeah. know what that is, Brittany? Jungle is like um, dubstep sped up, maybe, right? That's why someone like described that. it. Mm-hmm. You know, so jungle, drum and bass, double time. And so because of the way that I go <laughs> mm-hmm. fast, being from Detroit, mm-hmm. that, like, you know, mm-hmm. that worked for me. Like, you know. Cadence. I, yeah, the cadence yeah. of how I I get down, I was like, yeah, I can get inside and be yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Because jazz, I wasn't into jazz, right? I had, I had to get a little more grown up to like <laughs> feel like I could do a jazz record. Mm. Um, but I was trying to make a rock and roll record because mm. Black I'm a Rock, I'm like jumping around, doing all this punk rock. I'm reimagining Betty Davis songs. Shout out to Betty Davis. We love you. Mm-hmm. We're coming to Pittsburgh June 22nd. We on our hey. way. Yeah, we're going to headline the Pittsburgh Jazz Festival with Black I'm a Rock. That's so, so dope. Shouts out. Shout out mm-hmm. to Black I'm a Rock and Betty Davis and the Pittsburgh Jazz Festival and August Wilson Center. It's Beautiful Janice. Thank you, Janice Burley, for making it happen. Mm-hmm. Love you. Um, so, yeah, I've been wanting to bring it to Pittsburgh for 15 years. It's like a dream come mm-hmm. true for me to bring it. And Betty knows we're coming. She told a friend, a mutual wow. friend, that the daughters of Betty are coming. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's she knows incredible. We're coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know I've been trying. I've been wanting her to, I don't know if she'll come, but the fact that we're coming around yeah. her energy in the mm-hmm. place where she lives, yeah. that close up is 
everything to me. Yeah, and so yeah. Nick West is coming, Sates wow, coming, Stephanie wow, Christian's wow. coming, Kimberly Nicole is coming, Nona Hendricks is coming. Wow. So we're going to destroy Pittsburgh in just a few weeks. Um, <laughs> but before, yeah, so that's how Black Tea came out was an accident because I was working on a rock and roll record. Okay. And I was at Submerge because they had the studio set up then mm-hmm. and it wasn't sounding good. And I was working with John Dixon. I was there with Mike. Mike was listening to my music because he knew I was trying to get a rock. And Mike, Mike Banks quietly, you know, techno pioneer, but is a bad guitar player. Mm-hmm. And so he was listening and I was like, it's not sounding good. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't enjoying it. And he and John Dixon got into a small studio space on the mm-hmm. third floor of Submerge in his studio. I think it's, he's the second floor. The third floor was the studio. And we, he listened to me. And he wrote the album around the poems. Okay. And that's why Black Tea works, to be honest. It's a mm-hmm. real beautiful album. I'm so proud of it. It's a true it. collaboration. It's a true collaboration. And he really was listening. There's codes inside of it. Very, mm-hmm. very techno. Mm-hmm. There's codes. We created, like, letters on certain sounds. And and so he was listening. And some of like, like, a little brown lady with brown eyes, little brown lady with brown eyes, twin boys, twin boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, those horn sounds were already there, mm-hmm. right? So someone just had to, like, write it. Like write because I'm writing the the melody is there I can write melodies right you know, so I just to the song. rhythm exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes Grace let's go <laughs> Grace Jones call me I want you to do Black on a Rock but hey. I don't have enough money to afford you but I, I can't afford not to ask you so if you're listening Grace Jones call me yeah. Jessica Caremore at I'm not gonna get my email address out so anyway <laughs> call Piper Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara, you should, you're like mad public. Piper Carter at gmail.com. <laughs> right? I'm like, it's straightforward. Straightforward, Piper Carter. That's only for Grace Jones. Nobody yeah. else. No stalkers. Thank for you. Grace. So that's how Black Tea happened. And uh, and that, that Talib, I was I always let Talib. Talib knew I was trying to make a music album forever that sounded right. And was trying to figure that out. And I, I recorded on The Beautiful Struggle, by the way. It got pirated. I was on the Beautiful Struggle album, Talib's mm. album that got yeah, taken yeah. and mm-hmm. put out. It was there. So I don't know where that is, but we did record on that. We was trying. But he heard it and he was like, what are you? He heard it in his, we just listening. He's my friend. He's like, this this music is good. What you going to mm. do with this? I was mm. like, mm, what you going to do with it? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you Talib, quietly. Like, right. you do it. <laughs> and so, and, so uh, and then he took it, like, he called me. I was on the road. I was in Atlanta doing something. And with George and me, I think I was getting an award or something. And shout out to George and me and ATL Poets. I love y'all. That's seven years in ATL. It's my other home, too. And so he's like, I'm serious. Like, do you want to do this? Do you want to sign to my label? And I was like, yo, let's, yeah. That's great. I want to sign to your label. I mean, one would say no. So, of course. And he put the album out, went on tour with him. The album's beautiful. Um, he gave me a couple tracks to write to. I don't like to write the tracks. But the one I did write to, Catch Me If You Can, became mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs to perform. And Brady, Brady Watt, his bass player, who's my bass player sometimes, um, when I'm on the road with him, uh, produced that track. And so... Chris Johnson is on trumpet. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. uh, Deshaun um, Jones is on sax. I mean, it's some killers. Mm-hmm. Idea is singing all over the album. Roy Ayers is playing vibes. Jose mm-hmm. James is on it. Mm-hmm. And Jose James actually helped. Absolutely. I always, give, I always shout out Jose James because he was a big influence in making that record happen. And mm-hmm. we had just met very organically through Jules Arthur, like... Jules Arthur is an amazing surrealist um, sculptor and painter out of New York City. Because mm-hmm. the community, you know, we all know each other. Yeah. So we were like sitting in his studio, like I was thinking I was fake drinking bourbon straight. Hilarious. And because um, <laughs> I, you I don't drink, I fake, I fake drink everything because I don't. You just drink. like put your lips on it and then lick it. You know, you then feel like you know, I don't drink. 
Mm-hmm. And so I sometimes just get a drink because I feel like socially mm-hmm. you're supposed to. And so right, right. I just like fake drink little sips. Mm-hmm. So he put on Jose's music and I was like, who is this? He's like, you don't know Jose James? I was like, no, who's that? <laughs> and, um, and I started Googling him. At that time, he was following the Dalai Lama, mm. like on Twitter. That's it. That's funny. Yeah, so it was funny because I had to publicly say something to him. And I, I Googled him and YouTubed him enough to know that he was smart. Mm-hmm. He was talking about Toni Morrison. <clears throat> I was like, he might know who I am. <laughs> he might read some poetry and stuff. Right. And I reached out to him. I said, hey, host. And Gil Scott Heron had just passed away. And mm-hmm. he reminded me of Gil Scott Heron. Mm-hmm. His rendition of Park Bench People is beautiful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And it reminded me of what of what Gil was doing like with poetry. Because like J- Jose is, I guess, a jazz singer or something, right? Mm-hmm. He's a conjurer of sorts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his voice is like water, but he's, his approach is hip-hop on the mic. Mm-hmm. So he sounds like hip-hop, but he sounds like jazz. But right, right. he just sounds beautiful. And I was just blown away. And, and Gregory Porter also was an influence mm-hmm. on the album. I was listening to Gregory Porter. and Because people, I'll say Jose James, and I was like, well, do you know Gregory Porter? Mm-hmm. So I got up on Gregory mm-hmm. Porter. I was like, oh, this is a poet. This is a man singing poetry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can do that. So I couldn't, I don't sing, but I could write. The lyric, I can find singers yeah. to sing what I can't sing. Right, right. So, you know, poems like Poem Before the End of the World, I wrote it with that, with um, Blue Eyes, Alicia, who's from uh, Flint, Michigan. Blue, my sister from many years ago, I, I wrote it with her voice in mind because she reminds me of Billie Holiday. And I wrote it where she's singing the lyrics as I'm doing the poem. And it's just a really beautiful piece. But um, Jose, we ended up meeting. So I tweeted him and publicly because when you don't, people don't follow you, you have to just tweet them out loud. Right, right, right. And I said, hey, you remind me of my Baba Gill, you know, keep going. And he tweeted me back, oh. what's up, Detroit Red, been a fan long time. I was oh, like, oh, there we go great. right there. And so we mm-hmm. became instant friends. And um, I ended up recording with him when he was going to Blue Note on a song I wrote called Call, my, Call Our Names. Mm. And he came in and he, we double timed it. And I don't know where that music is. It didn't make his album because there was such a strong piece that we did. Mm-hmm. And not many people can keep up with me, but he actually got in the studio booth and he was like, I said, like, what you about to do? He said, like, I'm about to do you. I was like, yeah, ain't no way. What you about to do? And he went in and he did the poem. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's somewhere. It got, I don't know, put out by somebody in Japan, Blue Note, Japanese, <laughs> or I don't know, somewhere. Mm-hmm. I want to put it out like on SoundCloud so people mm-hmm. can just have it. And I, he wouldn't care. I think we should just do it so people can hear it. Mm-hmm. And then um, he was offering money for me mm-hmm. to record. And I said, I don't want money for to record with you. I want you to record on my album when I make one. Mm-hmm. And so he's singing on You Want Poems. So I'm just, you know. That's great. The album is beautiful. I'm working on a it's new beautiful one. beautiful music. It's and just one music. more before we get to the new project. Yeah. You have to tell us about Jessica Cameron, the visual artist. No, I refuse to talk you about refuse? that. You refuse? I'm not a visual artist. Okay, I'm a conceptual artist. Okay. Yeah, because a visual artist, I have so much respect for you, for you and for the work that visual artists do in the world, like Sidney James, Sabrina Nelson, Piper Carter, like Marcia Jones. Like, you know, just, I am, a, so Radcliffe Bailey, I did my first residency with Radcliffe Bailey, who became like a mentor for me. He was a wonderful internationally known painter um, I, who was based in Atlanta, but you know, is all over the world. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a residency at New Smyrna, Georgia, Atlantic Center for the Arts. And he called me and said, hey, you want to do this residency? And I was like, yeah, what? What am I going to do with you? <laughs> mm-hmm. You are like a master painter. And so this during this residency, they bring a master painter, a master writer, and a master composer. And the people come as students and learn from these people and collaborate. That's dope. So I came there 
with Radcliffe Bailey, he accepted me, but I was there with a bunch of artists, painters, like really people working with resin and I mean, who knew how to do stuff. Right. And I was like, what do you want me to do? And so I'm connecting with the writers. <laughs> I, you know, um, DBR was the master composer. So mm-hmm. he's there with the vibe. So I'm like making music. with I'm, master, I'm the master collaborator. That's, that's so great. I'm collaborating yeah. with everybody, yeah, but I yeah. don't know what to do with the visual artists except say, well... <laughs> you, I can, you can take and take one of my poems and interpret it into art. So finally, he took me thrifting, and that's when it all it all just mm. hit me at once. Mm. And I found this broken up statue of this woman with an afro, decapitated afro. It's my mother calling because I'm on mommy clock. Mm-hmm. Decapitated afro in this box, uh, all cut up. And me and Radcliffe were literally fighting over this woman. That she used to be a light, a lampshade, and um, African woman looked like Yemenya in a box. Mm. I can't even explain it, but I was like, oh, this. And I was like, and then I just went crazy. And basically, I created my first conceptual art installation. I was three weeks at this residency, my longest time ever away from my son since he was born. Mm. It was a very hard, difficult time for me, but all this creativeness came out. And so I've been making visual art. Mm-hmm. I've been doing collage on canvas ever since. Uh, collaborative work that we did together was one of the most special things I've done. Mm-hmm. Is I wanted to put, I wrote a poem for Sandra Bland. We want our bodies back. Love that poem. Thank you. Well, it's, the, it's my fifth book. Sandra Blaine hit me. I mean, she hit us yeah. all right? Yeah. And, and, and she continues to hit us. And I Man, love... That's yeah, that's crazy. And, yeah, you remind me of her. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. deep. So, yeah, she's she's very important important voice for us. And mm. we have to keep saying her name. Yeah. Because on her video, she sounded like all of us. Yeah. It'd be like if, something, if that happened to Piper or to mm-hmm. you. Like, you know, it sounded like us. Yeah. So that's and then why... The, when yeah. you dug deep and saw the, sh- the work she was doing, too, it was right. just like, dang... Amazing, and yeah. that's what I'm saying, and that's why it's scary because it's the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, it was like one of our tribe yeah. was gone, yeah. and we know she didn't kill herself, mm-hmm. kill herself. And mm-hmm. so, so I wrote the poem for Sandra Bland, read it for the first time in Ferguson when I was down there mm. with with Talib and Rosa Clemente and a bunch of activists. I was there with Common and and one, it was like a big hip hop fundraiser for Ferguson, basically. Yeah. And I remember you called yeah. me. No, no, you text me yeah. from there. Did I? Yeah. yeah. And you were like, oh, it's hurt. freaking scary. I was terrified. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to make it back. Mm, like, yeah. I remember I you I were texting me. Yeah. You were, you were texting me from there. You were like, I don't know if I'm going to make it back. Like, I was worried. Yeah, you were sending me like the last words type text. I was like, Yeah, but fuck that. Whoa. I was coming home. No, yeah, of course. But maybe, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a whole. Like, we I always about, think about when we that. talk about Ferguson, we're gonna go to a whole other thing and a whole other thing. But yeah. Sandra, so in the middle of that day before, I had hosted this rock concert with Tom Morello and um, Boots from the Coup. Y'all all oh, know him yes. as Sorry to Bother You, filmmaker guy, but he's right. boot, he was Boots from the Coup. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend for many years, Boots Riley, and um, shouts out to. Pam the Functress. I love just... her. I met them years ago. Hello. Do you know I met them in Detroit? R.I.P. They were on. Pam the okay, they were Pam and Boots <laughs> and the whole crew. The crew was on my show, just kicking it. My hip hop show. I had. Hello, yes. in like the 19, early 90s. That's right. That's how I met the coup. And so like, yeah. Boots is like, yo, you're like a famous poet now. I'm like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like a video. Just my show was called Just Kicking It. Girl, yeah. and I had I had a theme song, just kicking it, <laughs> hey. just kicking there you it. Go. Remember Maurice that? Malone was on my show. Um, Terry Dwyer was on my show. Remember Terry? Dope oh, I miss oh. Terry. Shout out to Terry Dwyer. We love you. We miss Y'all you. Showing so oh, many goodness. people so much love. Yeah. Girl, right, he's in the 
other on the other side. So we've side. we've lost a lot of people. Shame, we yes. lost by Tim. We lost mm-hmm. Proof. We lost Jay. Um, we knew him as John Doe. Y'all know him as Jay mm-hmm. Dilla. But yeah, John Doe, my mm-hmm. my dear friend from the East Side, was mm-hmm. one of the first producers that I ever said I'm gonna put some poetry over some beats. And he was like, Yeah, let's do it. And I know me and JD mm-hmm. recorded something in that East Side basement at least one time. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it is, but we was working on stuff. Um, and I would see him out and about in New York City with a mm. big, big mink on. I'd be like, what's up, Chacha? He's like, right. you're so humble and sweet. Always. Just, oh, anyway. So anyway, that's a big that, diversion. But yeah. There's, this yeah. whole interview reminds me of your poem, You May Not Know My Detroit. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that that yeah. was, the, was that five or six years ago, I think I saw? Yeah. Because so Detroit before. is different. <laughs> right, Detroit is there. You may not know my if you've never gone down the giant slide in a uh, oh. potato set. Oh, potato set. You may not shout out know to Five B Gallery. Detroit. I shot it off. <laughs> I think I shot it off everybody you in the did. world in that poem. You went like nine you went, minute. Rant. You went ham on that. Yeah, because people like think they know our city and they don't. Right and. Yeah, man. Like Detroit is the birthplace of a lot of beautiful things. Yeah, a lot of beautiful it is. people. I, I can't. St- I gotta. We gotta wrap up because my mother. I okay. have to send my mother back home. She's babysitting King. And okay. Who's so we're gonna go into. But I do just before that. I just want to say real quick. Okay. I have shot Jessica's two two oh, for, book covers for Jessica. Sunlight through bullet holes. Artwork with her. <laughs> and she did the cover of Black Tea. Hello. Can we talk about that? She did the. Co- she shot the cover of me. My favorite picture in the whole world is me riding on a horse on Michigan Avenue and Piper Carter, Carter shot that Man. photo. Yeah. And also um, Sunlight through bullet holes. Yes, we were. It was the dead of winter, and so that was my first time. Sunlight through bullet holes was my first time trying to like art direct my own book cover and I wanted to have like an idea mm-hmm. I would wear my wedding my oh my second wedding dress and I was like running mm. from my from my beautiful. running from my the pain and the 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 abuse of the uh relationship that I was in and coming home to Detroit so the Detroit skyline was there and we shot it in the dead of winter and it's a At beautiful night. I want all those photos What time was it? It was like 2 in the morning. <laughs> it was ignorant. The hell were we thinking? We're across the street from your house, Brittany. Oh, for real? Yeah, but before they put up the barbed wire fence okay, and but the FBI. Jessica, before you go, CIA can you please, please? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not leaving. I'm just, All I'm land just, security. I'm just telling my mother, but I want to talk about Sauce City. I was going to so say, bad. can you yeah, please we go on focus on the Sauce City? I want to talk about yeah. it, please. Yes. So let's go. So let's fast forward into can what we? are you doing? Into the future. What are you doing now? Oh, wait. Only one thing we did not talk about. Just give me like one minute, 30 uh-huh. seconds. Piper. You mentioned it a couple times. What? Black Women Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My 15th anniversary is this year. It's a tribute to Betty Davis. I've been doing it annually at the Charles H. Wright. Um, we destroyed the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts in San Francisco a few times. Oof. I wrote a Black on Morocco curriculum that I taught it at Skyline College last year. It's been an amazing journey of connecting with these women um, over the years, Joy and Tim McCauley and Divinity Rocks and Nick West and Dion Ferris and Martha Redbone and Julie Dexter and uh, Stephanie Christian and Idea and Monica Blair. Uh, and, uh, Shout out Monica. Yeah, man. Listen, these women, uh, Donetta Davis. Uh, shout out to Thornetta Davis. I love you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's Kat Dyson is my musical director. She came on board. We had her one year. She was referred to me, I think, by Joy. And then she hasn't left us ever since. Mm-hmm. She's become, like, really important. We have... Uh, We've had incredible bass players with us. Divinity Rocks was our bass player for one show mm-hmm. in Yerba Buena Center. That was crazy to have her like the house. But I usually, but Divinity, like she's played with a lot of people mm-hmm. like Beyonce and other folks, but I like her to be her star self in our yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've uh, we, I've, we've managed to create almost a full Black Women Rock Orchestra in the Bay Area. So we have a whole Bay Area Orchestra. Um 
Yeah, Sister Tarika, who was the original Black Woman Black Panther, played with us at the mm-hmm. end in, uh, in the Bay Area. Yeah, and so shout out to our sisters in Oakland and San Francisco. We love you. Um, but it's a movement, you know, and um, it's been it's been hard. It's had ups and downs. Mm-hmm. People, we don't get paid enough. Um, I'm not getting paid enough to produce it. So I'm hoping that in the next year or so that there's something that breaks through as far as a television. Um, we just want a tour, to be honest. I'm not really interested. In, if it comes like a television show, great. Mm-hmm. But I'm really more interested in us working mm-hmm. <laughs> and looking for tour sponsorship so we can take it around this country and then taking it outside the country. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, blackomarock.com. You can find out what we're doing next. We're headlining the Pittsburgh Jazz Festival. We're chartering a bus from Detroit so people mm-hmm. can get on the bus in Detroit and go to Pittsburgh and have a Detroit section like we did at the Apollo Theater, mm-hmm. which we also did. Mm-hmm. And um, we headlined the Women of the World Festival many years ago, and that was amazing. And so Piper has also worked on that production and done multimedia for us. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. And so that's that. And then Salt City, you know, my techno The core, new work. Yeah, the new work. We are opening right. up a new chapter, so we have yeah. to, like, bring us into the future. So this we have is to coming do, up like, soon, too. We have to do like, future uh, music to open us up. To... <laughs> is anyone listening so now... to us talk for this long? I can't believe anyone's oh, yeah, listening yeah, this yeah. long. Worldwide. We have oh, my gosh. People from everywhere. Hi, everywhere. everywhere. Are you kidding me? Hi, everywhere. Okay, I yeah. know. Okay. There's so, 2,500 global listeners. Yes, baby. Yeah, I'm so yeah. proud of you because oh, you promote you. the hell out of this thing. So um, <laughs> Salt City was uh, something I dreamt about many years ago. When I was living in Atlanta. I was doing a lot of work with dancers and putting my poems mm-hmm. inside dancers' bodies. And I wanted to write a work that put a brown girl as the center, right? So I was working on what in my head was a ballet with poetry. Mm. Um, and then I developed it, came home to um, to Detroit Aku and I, Aku Kadogo, who's the original for color girls, the woman Shout in yellow. Shout out to Aku. Shout out to Broadway, black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's now directing, co-directing the piece. She's been working with me on the piece at Spelman. She was the, she is the, runs the theater department at Spelman College. Wonderful. And so when she got the gig and left Wayne State, she knew I had this work that I was working on called Salt City. And um, also Sundiata, our brother, calls Detroit the Crystal City. Mm. So we were, the salt mines in Detroit, people don't know, we grew up with salt right under mm-hmm. our, under our, our feet. Yeah. And I feel like there's a spiritual connection to salt mm. and who we are as a people and why Detroit is so special mm-hmm. and so that's when my nickname for Detroit became Salt City so this ballet in my head became this piece that was became indigenous and then because of gentrification and what's happening to in- indigenous people all over the globe still mm-hmm. I wanted to write a piece about global colonization but make it very beautiful and put a love story inside of it yeah. and then I wanted to sound like Detroit and so mm. the Salt City is because we're the Detroit is like the city under the city so that's mm-hmm. what Salt is it's like Salt City is the city under the city that's making and that's what techno is it's that music underneath that people don't recognize it for the blackness that it is and that's what so that's what the that's the energy and the spirituality connected to salt and the story is a it's a coming of age story about a brown girl who is born with a 909 rpm heartbeat Mm. and can't she can't function in the mind her father is the mind is the foreman of the mind so it's a father and and daughter love story which Mm. is you know i love my daddy so much so i put that element in there because you don't see those stories enough with daddies mm-hmm. and, and brown girls, right? Loving the daddies. And so that story is there, but she has to leave her father. Her, she has to travel away from the mind because she can't really function and breathe in the mind anymore. Mm-hmm. And so she travels through the electric forest and meets Ainku, who she follows to 3071. So that's where the, the piece takes place in 3071. Okay. And so... 
I'm not gonna Afro give much more. So crazy. I'm not gonna give much more away, except that it's a beautiful dance theater piece, and Aku Kadogo brought on her sister Marlies Yerby, who's mm. become my now sister. Who they are all. She's theater royalty. She choreographed Rent. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's amazing. This is crazy. Yes, uh, got these super queens, right? Who are like wow. you know older than me, like who are teaching me, and I'm mm. just and I've let it go. Like they've been in rehearsals every night, and I yeah. come when I feel I did my job of writing, mm. and now I'm producing. So I really want everyone to please buy tickets to Salt City. It's Salt City exists. Com is where you can find the ticket link. Can you link. say it one more time? SaltCityExists.com. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, like Jessica Caremore, or Instagram, or Facebook, or whatever, Twitter, whatever those worlds are, I, I'm going to be tweeting and talking about it and Instagramming about it. But it's um, we got a beautiful cast, a beautiful cast. Shout out to the Salt City cast. I love y'all mm. so much. My sister, Michaela, Ev, Mika- they call her Mickey. <laughs> I knew her from Tapology mm. and Brene Ali and Flint. Mm. And she sent her to me. And I was like, oh, and Chris Woolfolk, Woolfolk is our lead dancer, Ainku. Mm. Um, but yeah, tapology is a bad thing that people should know about in Flint. Shout out to Flint, Michigan, and, oh, and the genius that Flint. comes out to yeah, Flint. Shout out. Oh my goodness! I mean, so yeah, and so and so it's a beautiful thing. It's June thirteenth is our opening night. It's it's around the corner. Yay! It's June thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth, and sixteenth is our our closing matinee. So please come out. Um, there's gonna be a party. I think Friday night, Friday or Saturday night. We haven't decided. We're gonna have a big party after one of the shows. Mm-hmm. So Stacy Howax is gonna spin, and my my son Omari Jazz is on the soundtrack, and he's mm. gonna come in town to do a set. And um, John Dixon's on the soundtrack. Drummer B, um, and we're, we pay homage to Jeff Mills, and we pay homage mm-hmm. to Mike Banks, and we pay homage to Carl Craig, and so mm-hmm. we we shout out the legends, and then we usher in some of the new voices in too. So mm-hmm. it's a magical piece. It's very what very year? Beautiful. What year? Is Thir- this? Thirty seventy one. Where'd you pull from for inspiration? Because of the year of my birth, and I had to, we wanted, wanted to go a thousand years further into the future. Mm. You so 20, dope. 2071 felt like it was too too close. Yeah. So 3071 felt like it was at least far away enough. When you was just at mm-hmm. home chilling, just vibe, doing stuff yeah. with King, like, yeah. do you ever think about, like, what you would be doing in that year? Just random. I mean, yeah, I'm just going to be some kind of ancestor somewhere. <laughs> I'm not going to be Are you a, sure? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope well, you I'm, know what I mean. I like, think I'll be the a Jetsons or think about what... No, not really. Like so you're not going to go... Because I'm in the future now. I'm with you. But you're not going to get on the satellite with um, Jeff Mills when I'm he gonna, if Jeff goes to, If Jeff goes into space to DJ, <laughs> I'm going to be the poet that's with him. So, so dope. Shout out to Jeff Mills and Eddie Folks. And um, shout out to Zayna from Spectacles who actually shout made the connection with Jeff. Zayna. Yeah, she made the connection between me and Jeff because I, mm. I was the, I narrated his NASA radio show Wonderful. Jeff Mills has a, a show that's sponsored by NASA Wonderful. who does that Jeff Mills yeah there's that <laughs> Detroit mm-hmm. McKenzie High School Right. I mean, that's for me and Jeff. Like, I was really beautiful, like, getting to know him. And, like, you know, I went to Cody. Yeah. You know, like, we didn't go to Kaz and Renaissance. We went to, like, Cody and McKenzie. I went to Northwestern. Right. Shout out to, like, regular-ass Detroit schools. (laughs) It's a real thing. Right. We had metal detectors and everything. (laughs) Okay, I got to go. I love you. Okay. I got to go. I love you. My mother's going to kill me. I got, listen, I'm a single black mother. I raised this beautiful, genius, indigo child, and it is not a game to be a rock star artist and, and raise a baby. Will you somehow, yeah. some way, come back and just have girl talk? I would love to. Yeah, cool. we do that. So well, my girl talk is bad, though, because I'm really different. Like, I don't believe, no, in, this, I don't believe cool. in all the things that people you're, believe in anymore. Mm, you're a Scorpio? I believe in lovers, of course. Yes, I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio, too. So, also, you thank know. you for inspiring another Scorpio. Yeah, yeah, let me just say the shout out to people who, like, think outside the box and and use, you know, and just use the word lover in a sentence. It's really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. It's important to love yourself enough to know that you don't have to be, you don't, I don't feel like when I walk into a room and women are there with their husbands, 
I don't feel insecure. Mm-hmm. They usually are usually the ones who are insecure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want your husband. Um, if I wanted him, he would be at my house, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm so over husbands. Like the idea of it is just kind of archaic for me. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and I'm the polyandrous maybe, you know, or I'm just smart. And <laughs> and I just refuse to settle for less than what I deserve. And so I haven't found anyone that is enough. You got to do one of Kari's shows then. Yeah. How many does he have, Brittany? He has like five or six shows on. I'm going to uh, do y'all show and talk to the girls. I ain't talking to no men. I don't want to talk to no men about women. Because I'm a queen. I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm building a vicious queendom. And if anybody want to show up and help balance some of that, I'm here for that. But I have beautiful male friends mm-hmm. i am a woman i have more male friends than i have women Same. friends that's just you know scorpio. scorpio yeah when's your birthday november 15th yeah i'm october 28th oh yeah. you know it's just like it's who is you know and i got some women friends like and i keep them like the, my friends are my friends for like ever the women friends i have they've been friends of mine Same. forever new women freak me out so Gotta be a special woman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But you gotta okay. Make sure. gotta get However, sorry, sorry, however, sorry, just, yeah. we gotta make sure. Yes. Even though you said the links a bunch of times, mm-hmm. on my way. Just give us the, the mom. I'm the on links. my way. <laughs> the give links. us the links for everyone to to find everything. Oh, please that go you to blackwomenrock.com. Follow Black Women Rock at Black Women Rock You with the letter U on Instagram. Jessica Kiermore on Instagram. Jessica Kiermore on everything. It's just my name. Mm-hmm. And just go to jessicakiermore.com. It's saltcityexists.com to get tickets. The Charles, you can go to Charles H. Wright Museum and get the tickets to Salt City if you're in Detroit Ooh. or you're in the Detroit area. I mean, come from Chicago and Ohio. It's mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's all ages. Anyone can come. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great. I think for high school, college age kids and it's definitely great for a long time Detroit y'all get the references more than anybody so thank you I love you Piper Carter thank you for supporting my voice I love you I love you too <laughs> thanks for coming on here and, and I love you millennial I love you too. <laughs> rapidly running so through your smart. life so um, I yeah I know everyone's There's gonna so follow you yeah. everyone so, who doesn't I know they will you yeah. Brooklyn Knights should all get together from the age of whatever yeah. whatever yeah. and like have a meet up and like have a brainstorming party yeah. and get that juice here like there's mm. so many parties that y'all mentioned that are not even going on in Detroit people are not even thinking like that what are y'all doing well okay that's the next sorry. show that's the next show we'll that's another meeting all right, we sorry, need some okay. funding so uh okay on that note Brittany any last words I, I just told you I had a great time Okay, so this has been the Piper Carter Podcast. And of course, we really appreciate all of our listeners. We know you're going to check out Jessica Caremore at all of her links. You're going to go to her show. You're going to get all of her music. And you're going to appreciate everything that she brings into the world. And keep listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on Detroit is Different. And it's DetroitIsDifferent.net. Remember, we have that. You can listen. Or you can go to us on social media. Or you can always check me out on social media. Piper Cardo on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next week, peace. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.